Welcome to The Expert View. I'm Siobhan Creighton, and today I'm joined by Dr. Rachel McCann and Dr. Aoife Kirk from the Irish Doctors for the Environment. So I'm Rachel McCann, and I'm a registrar working with the Infectious Disease Team in St. Vincent's Hospital, and I've been working with Irish Doctors for the Environment since its formation in 2018. And my name is Aoife Kirk. Um, I'm currently working with the COVID-19 response, the public health team uh, in Dublin St. Stephen's Hospital. And I also have been part of Irish Doctors for Environment due to my interest in environment and um, health links. Tell me a bit about your group and how it came about and what your goals are. Yeah, so um, Irish Doctors for the Environment, we are a branch of health professionals in Ireland whose aim is to create awareness of the links between health and climate change. And our members come from all aspects of different medical fields and allied health professionals who together cooperate on different topics, such as the reduction of plastic waste, anaesthetic gases and sustainable food, also planetary health and sustainable diets. And we've structured ourselves into different working groups to specialise in each of these areas. And one of our main aims is to promote awareness about health and climate change. And so we've hosted different discussions, seminars and lectures and different events with different health bodies. For example, we co-hosted the Green Healthcare Seminar last November with the Royal College of Physicians to great success. Another key area that we like to develop and engage with is with government and local authorities regarding policy development. And so last summer we helped coordinate a submission to the Depart Department of Health and for the climate change adaptation plan for the health sector, which was published in November 2019. Um, stemming from this, we've also become a member of the Climate and Health Alliance, which is a group of health organisations that work together to highlight the enormous public health harms that arise from climate change. Okay, and about how many members do you have? Uh, in terms of acting members from our committee, we have about 15 members, but then we have a, an interactive group on a WhatsApp comprising about 60 members. And then we also have a sign-up membership for our newsletter, um, which I think, Aoife, you probably know how many? I think it's about uh, 800 or so at the moment, and that's including uh, pop, um, general public as well as uh, environmental agencies and organisations that we're linked with. Um, okay, and so. it's really open to anyone who is interested within the medical field. So um, are you hopeful about, we, we have the, the Greens are in government now, there's a very ambitious programme for government, we're all waiting to see how much of it will get funded and actually implemented in the long run, but mm. how, how are you feeling about the new government and, and the priorities? Um, so I guess IDE are very apolitical, but I think one of the things that we are keen on is that uh, policies do need to be implemented both from top down and uh, this has been shown by the action from what we call bottom up, so citizen action and public awareness, which really has grown over the last um, number of years, I would say, and the Citizen Assembly in Ireland is uh, really shown an interest in climate change and they um, brought forward the recommendations that introduced the climate action plan and also of course we can't uh, fail to mention the climate strikes from the children across Ireland and um, so really it's an issue that the public are um, aware of and while as you said actually finding the funding and the finance to carry out um, these issues I think the new government really need to start 
looking beyond five years and thinking about the long-term implications. Often the cost of uh, not implementing these policies straight away will have a further significant effect and greater cost further down the line. Um, Ireland are committed to the Paris Agreement and to fail to reach those commitments would, uh, would result in quite a high significant cost for taxpayers. Yeah. And I think some of the positive aspects within the policies as well are the clean air strategy, inclusion of air monitoring stations, because for air pollution, while Ireland currently has an okay standard of air quality overall, um, actually it's increasing in cities and urban areas. And this is something that needs to be maintained because it's crucial as a global community, we share the air that we breathe in. Um, and it is one of the bigger environmental health risks. So really we, within the mandate, and also of course around active travel and safe cycling, pedestrians, walking, and proper urban planning needs to be implemented and explored so that we create a more uh, just and a more uh, sustainable society. Yeah, and presumably a healthier society if, if these, exactly. yeah, this, yeah. this yeah. part of yeah. the goal. Yeah. I think one of the other really exciting things within the mandate was the introduction of the programme for research and development um, and hopefully that will focus on green solutions because traditionally Ireland is full of very innovative creative people so I think um, if we manage to create the technology um, often it is out there we just need the political will and action as we've seen through the pandemic to implement it and to really ensure that we do become a carbon neutral, healthier society by 2050. Um, and can I just ask you just personally, you both mentioned that you were both working in various areas around COVID. Um, how are you doing or how are you finding it? What's what's the experience like? I suppose for me, I, I learned a lot in the last few months that kind of hit the ground running. I was traveling abroad in South America and came home in March to start working in Vincent's. And for a lot of people who I suppose didn't really know what we we're doing really like we we're all learning as we we're going through the COVID experience coming out now the other side where in a positive way we're seeing numbers going down we're seeing people getting better that it's a, I think now it's a really great opportunity to reflect on what's gone on the last few months what have we learned and what can we do better and I'm kind of thinking about that myself and then thinking about what's gonna what it, what what is Irish healthcare system going to look like in the next few months um, as we adapt to COVID, as we maybe experience a resurge and then also our preparation for the, the next coming one, months in the winter. Yeah. Um, will be, it'll be an interesting time to, to be working here. So um, similar to Rachel, I was, uh, well, I was actually working in the UK and um, I moved back and I was lucky enough to uh, have a job with the public health team here in Dublin. Um, so I've found it, um, I mean, it's been quite an adjustment throughout it all and I found it very interesting and I'm really impressed by how um, quick and committed the Irish Public Health team acted and uh, also the Irish public um, because I think it's quite a significant event for <laughs> all pubs to be closed on St. Patrick's Day, our <laughs> national holiday, and I think it really does highlight the um, how people do value health and how they also value societal health and communities um, and that's been very uh, evident throughout 
a lot of acts of kindness that we've seen and a lot of um, even I guess the frontline heroes uh, campaigns that were going on even though um, I don't know myself and my colleagues often would not be very comfortable with the use of heroes but because we're just doing our job but it really brought to the fore the real heroes of the healthcare system as well including the cleaners and all those who often don't get as much praise as they should the porters and everyone else um so for me covid has really highlighted um I think it's really brought to the fore, as Rachel mentioned, that we do need to start reflecting on how we structure our system and how we create a system, a healthcare system that is uh, not one that would be susceptible to shocks in the future. Um, And I think that can actually go back to climate change because um, storms, any extreme events, it's often going to be the frontline workers who will be at Uh, the forefront of that and we've seen that with colleagues in the US around wildfires and various different events so really how do we um, build up our healthcare system and structure and workers so that we're more resilient. The pandemic has shown us how interconnected we all are um, not just our healthcare systems but as a society and global action can actually make a difference and I think prior to this maybe climate change has been really out of touch for a lot of people as a concept and also in terms of its impacts and I think Covid has shown us that actually we're more alike than we realised and we can all see the effects of something be it a pandemic or climate change and um, so I think it's creating a, a good, good conversation for the future where people might be a bit more open to discussing climate change in healthcare, for instance. Dr. Rachel McCann and Dr. Aoife Kirk, thank you for your expert view.